Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Los Angeles friendos, join Going In Raw as we go live on stage with Wrestling With Regrets' Brian Zane September 24th at the Nerdist Showroom in L.A. The link to tickets is in the description. This is Charlotte, and you're watching Going In Raw. That sounds terrible. What's up? This is the most musty WWE superstar of all time and his lovely, gorgeous wife. <laughs> and you are Going In Raw. What's up? It's your girl, Sasha Banks, legit boss, and you are watching Going In Raw. Oh, baby, I like it raw. Oh, baby, I like it raw. And you are tuned in to Going In Raw right now. How you doing? Hey, Brendan Steve here. And Larson. And welcome to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you're going to be listening to right here. YouTube.com forward slash Steve and Larson. Uh, right now, Larson on YouTube, I'm telling you, they got to hit that subscribe button because we're on the road to 182,000 subs. Yeah. A very important milestone for us because we've been sitting at 181 for like a long time now. We have. With all this YouTube sub glitch business. And so we're really excited to be 200, like 230 subs away from 182,000. And if we get that, by the end of the year, we're going to have a big old pizza party with cake mm-hmm. and live stream gaming. Mm-hmm. So you guys will be able to enjoy all that with us. Yeah. Not literally the food. No, that's all for us. can't have any of the food. Speaking of which, I'm hungry already. Really? Yeah, man. I like a good egg sandwich. Egg on fiber uh, wheat I had a, a serving and a half of oatmeal with some sunflower seeds and some chia seeds. So you essentially ate absolutely nothing. That's zero. That's like, that would just make me more hungry. I would be angry and mad if that was my breakfast. Um, Usually I have blueberries in it, but we're out of blueberries. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like blueberries. I like them in muffins, but that's usually just because there's a ton of sugar and lard placed in them. Yeah, pretty much. I, I love mean, blueberry usually, muffins, though, man. Usually, uh, days I work out, I'll have a protein-packed breakfast, but today is not a workout day. Oh, okay. Right on. Um, let's see here. I'm bringing up the notes. Uh, we're also available on the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. All the lovely patrons out there. We've got, wow, 40 of them watching right now this live stream. You can be one of those patrons as well, participating in chat talking with us in the pre-show and the post-show, participating in chat trivia uh, for $5 a month. And if you do the $10 patrons, uh, today, today, August 31st is the last day to sign up for the $10 Patreon mark to get your postcard signed by me and Larson. Sent out this. Sent out this next week. Yeah. So... If you if you do it today, you're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're also at Pro Wrestling Tees. Oh, and this is the shirt you're wearing right here. You want to know where you get that going around shirt? Give, us, give us $50. We'll give you a shirt. 50 bucks. Just, just have to do it for one month. Exactly. Uh, we're also at Pro Wrestling Tees. Ooh, big sale starting tomorrow? Yes, Friday. Starting Friday through Labor Day weekend. Uh, at Pro Wrestling Tees, 15% off, I believe. That's right. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash going in raw, but it applies to every place on Pro Wrestling But here's the thing, too. Uh, if we sell more shirts, mm-hmm. we unlock more designs, which means Coldwater Larson shirt. Yeah, I think we're kind of close-ish yeah. to that. So after this weekend, we should have new designs available to upload, which means Coldwater Larson shirt will be on the way. Yeah, usually, uh, usually we get most of our shirt sales during these great days. Yeah. Sales, yeah, <laughs> that uh, Power Sling T says that's great stuff. Uh, but we're here to talk about 205 Live and NXT. Another couple of uh, I thought very entertaining yeah. episodes. 
there's so much charm to be had, especially in NXT. The way the way they film it, the way they piece it together, I swear sometimes it feels like it's taped together with really, really strong duct tape. Yeah. I'm not going to say it's like, you know, about to fall apart, but still it's sort of pieced together with duct tape. But first we're going to talk about 205 Live. Yes. Um, show kicked off with a recap of uh, Brian Kendrick and Gak, Jack, Gak, Jack, Jack Gallagher. Jack Gallagher. Uh, for the most part, underwhelming feud. Um, all leading up to a no DQ match, which in kind of surprising fashion kicked off the show. Yeah. It's kind of reminiscent of uh, Mustafa Ali and Drew Gulak's two out of three falls match, their blow off, which kicked off that episode 205 live. I thought that should have made an event of the show. And I almost kind of think, considering how this ended, mm-hmm. this match ended, mm-hmm. it probably should have been the main event. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with that. Um, I mean, I definitely agree with that, but, you know. Huge new arrival on 205 Live, so of course Enzo Amore would have to be the main event. Well, I, mean, I wonder if they just did that so people wouldn't leave after he had his match to start the show. Enzo, that is. Yeah, that's always a possibility. I don't know. I view I view Enzo, look. Oh, n- number one, we should mention this. In the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, he pointed out that uh, 205 Live cracked the top ten. It came in at number ten, and that was because, and that was, the May Young Classic uh, took up the first four spots. So if oh, you, that's good. If you take no, that's awesome. That's really if good. If you take that out of the equation, you know, theoretically, two or five lives, assuming nothing else took that that place, these seven, it yeah. could have been up in the yeah six or seven area. Exactly. Yeah. So say what you will. That was Enzo's debut. Say what you will. The crowd does look. You and I are not the biggest. He's not a great. He's not a good wrestler. No. His promos are becoming tiresome. Yeah. But I see the value in that he does perk up the crowd. He does. The live crowds love Enzo. Oh, I know. And, I, and when he was moved over there, and we, we I think we both uh, recognize the advantages of having him on the show. There's a place for him there. It's just not in the main event or in the wrestling ring. <laughs> or the wrestling ring. But at least they kind of explored that during the show. The they fact did. That he's not really up to snuff in yeah. the ring to yeah. compete. Yeah, Corey Graves. Everybody else on the roster. Corey Graves hammers that home yeah. endlessly. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, like you said, the, uh, the the show kicked off with what probably should have been the main event, Brian Kendrick versus Jack Gallagher. No DQ. So, which meant uh, there were lots of weapons. Jack Gallagher was, uh, he was, I guess that was his version of street fight attire. Khakis and a blue dress shirt, but the sleeves were rolled up. And he had like the the yeah, fighters. Well, he tapes had his, on, yeah, tape on. Taped up. yeah. Uh, and he was he was more. It was more or less him stalking. Yeah, Brian the first Kendrick. part of the match, they were brawling all around the arena. Jack had the upper hand. He had this kind of. He was uh, very dispassionate mm-hmm. in his disposition. He was doing his best, Anton Shiger, pretty much. Um, and yeah, he was beating Kendrick all around the arena. Mm-hmm. Um, they make their way towards the announce area. Gallagher starts to kind of take apart the top of the announce table. Um, while he's doing that, Kendrick grabs a kendo stick and hits him with it. Yeah. And then from that point on, Kendrick had the upper hand. Yeah, and um, then somebody evidently shot Jack Gallagher on the top of the head because, man, that yeah, blood he busted open. Oh, my gosh. That was coming down pretty like They had to, they sort of took a pause to attend to his uh, wound. Yeah, to make sure it wasn't serious. It looked like that was uh, that was the uh, when he hit the steel stick. Yeah, yeah. It seemed legit. Yeah, yeah, his reaction after the last one made it seem like the, yeah, he was actually hurt after that. Yeah. Um, Kendrick did that thing where he trapped someone's foot under the ring, and he started beating on uh, Gallagher with the kendo stick. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Jack was busted open. Kendrick went and got the ring bell from the timekeeper area. He brought yeah. that into the ring. DDT'd yeah. Gallagher on top of it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It was cool, and then he... Applied the captain's hook with a kendo stick. Yeah. But at that point, Gallagher had already passed out. Kendrick wins. Yeah, ref called it. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought I thought it was cool. I thought it was neat that, you know, I don't know. I, I like the story of that match. I like Gallagher just, like, you know, dispassionately going after Kendrick. And then, like, Kendrick just opening up Jack Gallagher. I know. I know. This is a match where, where blood it. really worked for the story it, of the match. It really did, um, which is kind of weird because I wonder... If that was an improvised finish, I mean, it could have, it, it, it could totally have not been an improvised finish. I mean, I could see the finish going down that way, but the blood really did help things. It made mm-hmm. you wonder, oh my God, did, you know, was that really uh, a messed up in- incident? Yes. Anyways. Um, after that, we had uh, Noam Dar, Drew Gulak, and Tony Neeson in an interview. Um, I, I like this. I love the interplay between these three yeah, guys. Yeah. Because uh, Tony Neeson completely. Absorbed with himself, mm-hmm. he was checked out during the interview. He was just counting his muscles. Um, and Drew, <laughs> the, the the facial 
Drew Gulak is so Mr. Normal. Like, yeah, yeah. like if you hey, if you want Drew Gulak body by the end of you, you can get it by the end of the month. Yeah, like you're pretty much there. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I don't know. It was it was just funny. Like Drew Gulak's facial expressions crack me up when he's not like sort of the center of attention. He's always reacting to things, yeah. and they're so understated, but I don't know. They just crack me up. Well, then Noam Dar was saying that he lost Enzo not because he lost, well, not because Enzo won, but that he was out partying too much. Oh, that's before. right. Yeah, he's hungover. Yeah. So he blamed his loss on that. Yeah. Next up, we had Rich Swan versus Arya Davari. Was this their rubber match? Was this number three for them? I don't think so. It was just number two. Was it number two? Because the last time they had a match, uh, TJP came out. Distracted Swan, right. so Davari picked up the win. I don't think they had it. They, were, the, the they didn't do one after that? No, I don't think so. Was Davari injured or something? I thought they did something no. after that. Last week, that was two weeks ago. Last week, they had the second backstage oh, between Swan and TJP. Oh, that was the backstage. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, no right, right, okay. Um, so uh, TJP comes out on commentary. Davari does Still a... Still on his crutches. And yeah, he has knee wrapped up. Um, Davari does one of those picture-in-picture picture promos. Mm-hmm. Still pretty good. Yeah. Oh, no. I always I always love those. I yeah, don't know. I, re- I really... I'm a mark for Davari. I like yeah. Davari a lot. Yeah, he's pretty good. Um, the match was pretty decent. Uh, what's his face? Rich Swan still with another pair of those goofy glasses. They just don't look comfortable. That's the thing. <laughs> he had so. to adjust them halfway down the ramp. Oh, that's so annoying. That just bugs me. Um, at one point, uh, Davari comes out uh, and grabs one. At t- and TJP on the on commentary was uh, noticeably uh, faced towards Rich Swan. He was putting him over quite a bit, mm-hmm. saying, you know, he's, he's a great competitor, and he's sort of downplaying the animosity that mm-hmm. might be brewing there in their little competition. Davari comes out of the ring, takes one of uh, TJP's crushes, crutches, gets on the ring apron, TJP goes over and grabs it away from him. Uh, because of that distraction, Davari gets back in, and Swan gets the roll-up mm-hmm. and gets the win. Um, then Davari attacks TJ Perkins, uh, T.J. Perkins uh, gets into the ring, and uh, he's found a miracle cure. Seemingly, you know, whatever uh, knee tonic he was sold, yeah, <laughs> seemed to be working because he was using, and it was he was very obvious in showing us that his his leg was totally fine. Yeah. He like did multiple kicks with it. He did a springboard elbow or something. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, Swan looks at him, and T.J.P. says, "I helped you." <laughs> <laughs> I helped you. And so Rich Swan got the other crutch and yeah. gave that to Perkins. And, and left Perkins the realized, uh-oh. Ooh. Uh-oh. Oh, oh no. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, yeah, another develop Again, but you know what? Again, no title in the picture. Just some kind of, you know, just that they take they take the, the sort of their relationship and they build a story off of that. Yeah. It's great. I love it. Yeah, I do too. It's good stuff. By and large, uh, the feuds in 205 Live are some of the most well-developed in all of WWE. Right, absolutely. Next, Cedric Alexander, Grand Metalik, and Enzo backstage. Enzo wants to talk strategy. He gets a little whiteboard and starts drawing the ring, I guess. He's going to do some X's and O's. And then Cedric's like, okay, hold on. Yeah. Essentially, we know what we're doing. There's a whole different thing we got going on here yeah follow our lead here here's the you know what i actually did chuckle Whoever i did wrote too this. i did because too. here's the thing dude if they continue to write enzo in a quality manner like this i'll be entertained i'll yeah. be fine with it because he he points out i'm like a point minute marker you know and he started he's, he's he knows that he's a permanent marker and he has a whiteboard starts drawing like you said a square which i guess is the ring and but like you said they say Dude, follow our lead. We've got it. And then uh, Enzo starts in on a metaphor about his mom's cooking as it relates to them. Uh, what was it? Cedric was the... I know Grand Met- Metalik was the cheese. Enzo yeah. was the sauce. And I, I don't know what Cedric was. The dough or something? I don't know. I don't remember either. He, but he's talking about a pizza. So, I mean, it's, it's meat, cheese, and dough. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, sauce, cheese, and dough. Um, and then he comes back... And, he's, and at about right when they're about to go to commercial, he starts d- fixing his game plan. He starts trying to take the permanent marker well, off. Oh, he licks his thumb and starts to wipe it off the, and the whiteboard. he's confused and he doesn't notice it's not coming off. Yeah. I don't know. It that made, was funny. It, it made me chuckle because it was like a little bit, that always happens to drop my phone. It, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's a, that's a little bit of comedy, of a comedic uh, some some comedy that we haven't seen from Enzo before. Yeah, you know, it's a little bit more subtle. Yeah, I liked it. I was funny. no, I, th- I chuckled too. I thought it was funny. Um, that brought us to our main event: Cedric Alexander, Grand Metalik, and Enzo taking on Tony Nese, Drew Gulak, and Noam Dar. Tony Nese, the thing again, says you can try 
to get by, but I have eight reasons why I'm better than all of you. Sounded his abs again. Exactly. I love the muscle puns. I love I love that stuff, man. And I got oh, downloaded the theme. Oh, there you go. Play that on a loop at the gym. At the gym. In no time, you will look like Tony. I will go absolutely crazy. Um, anyways, it was a fun enough match. I mean, you know, we we got the sort of I like the Cedric Alexander Grand Metalik sort of dynamic. That I hope they're a, I hope they're a tag team in the Dusty Rhodes Classic. Oh, that'd be fantastic! I think that'd, that'd be really that'd well. be really. I mean, whenever they do the the dual topes, the stereo topes. Oh, it's great! Oh, it's fantastic! I know their timing is perfect every time. Yeah, um, Neville's watching the match backstage. Mm-hmm. Taking it in on a giant monitor. Yeah. Um, after the topes, uh, Enzo goes for a suicide dive, or so it seems, and then Nice hits him with an elbow. Yeah, Nice rolls in before he gets it off and uh, hits him with an elbow. And kind of the story of this whole match, especially when Drew was in the ring with Enzo, was uh, Enzo just not be able to keep up. Right, exactly. At all, especially with the whole first part of the match with Drew. Drew was yeah. in wrestling circles around him. And, you know, okay, I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. I know how we feel right now about Enzo and the Cruiserweight Championship. However, if they build that story, if that for, if they do, it would be so smart of them to do what you're talking about, where he gets in there with Neville and Neville squashes him, right? But then they spend the next three months or so developing his actual wrestling, and there's ways that you can do it without him actually like, you know, miraculously becoming an amazing wrestling. Yeah, he's wrestler. He's going to turn to Zack Saber Jr. overnight. <laughs> right, exactly. There's a way you can do it. And so far with this first with this sort of first episode, I know you showed up last week, but with this episode, I have some amount of confidence in the two oh five live writing team. Yeah, they've they've they shown, might be able to accomplish they've shown they know how to write storylines. It's 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 either gonna be something like that or Enzo is just gonna find ways by cutting corners to win matches. Which is what we saw at the fin- yes. the, the finish of this. So, so like Enzo realizes that he can't compete purely on wrestling, so right. he uh, rolls up Nice and then puts his foot on the ropes. Right, exactly. And gets the pinfall victory. I loved, and I loved the reaction. They, they did some a really good job uh, directing this TV-wise. Um, they got some great reaction shots from uh, the opponents, from Nice and Gulak especially, when they're like, oh my God, we just got taken. We just got mm-hmm. robbed, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, By Enzo. By Enzo, exactly. So... I don't I, I don't know what the story is behind the 205 live writing staff. I mean, it, you know, the show will always have a problem with that live crowd. But Enzo is one good step, I think, because he is he's a shot of adrenaline to a live crowd. You know, yeah. they wake up when he's on and the ratings prove that out. And, yeah. And you saw last night the crowd was a little bit hotter when mm-hmm. Enzo shows up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it, it seems like it might be a decent fit. It's just as long as they don't rely on what they relied on with Raw... You know, in just in in making him just a tiresome character. I know. Um, then it'll it'll make for some interesting TV at least. Yes, it, it won't. It won't, it, won't turn be us, it won't turn us off. No, at least. Um, let's move on to NXT, shall we? Yes. Yeah. So the show opened um, with uh, Sanity and a bunch of security guards beat up in the parking lot. Yeah, and then sort of in the distance, you can see. Some people walking away from it, or was oh, that? I didn't just, that? Oh, it might have just been students, but I, I saw like two white shirts walking away, and then later on, when Ring of Honor showed up, uh, Fish and what's his face were wearing their undershirts were white, anyways. Kyle O'Reilly, yeah. Kyle O'Reilly, yeah. yeah. So I don't could know, be maybe. 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 Honestly, it could have just been students. Yeah. About. Who knows? Um, William Regal comes out and surveys the scene. Yeah. He seems put out by the whole thing. Oh yeah, he was put out a lot this episode. Yeah, he was. Yeah. So then we get the opening NXT package, come to the ring. Drew McIntyre comes out. Hold on. You know what would have made that opening segment, though? Because they obviously can't show Nikki Cross being beaten up. Yeah. But if, if Ring of Honor had, had, uh, had like, placed her in a position she couldn't get out of, like, on top of a bus or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how is she going to get down from here? Yeah. So we can beat up the rest of these guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. But it just, it's just, it may, when it makes it so obvious, like, she rolls with them. And then she's just not there because she can't get beat up. Yeah. You know? They need oh, to do one thing we didn't mention in NXT is that they changed the, uh, the the graphics for the show to include Enzo. And it's very <laughs> oh, striking. right. It's very striking because uh, you see all these spectacular cruiserweight moves. And I think it's one of him coming down the ramp, one of him dropping a promo, one of him do, uh, doing that horrible dance of his. Yeah. And it's it's almost comic. It's almost comical. It's almost like somebody did that on YouTube, you know, like yeah, did yeah, their yeah, own yeah, version yeah. on YouTube. 
to like juxtapose how ridiculous it is he's, that he's there, but I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, so anyways, going back to NXT, uh, Drew yeah. McIntyre came to the to the ring in his first promo so manly. as champion. Yeah, and yes, he is a man. He's almost too manly. I'm t- I've mentioned this in the pre-show. He's, I don't like, know. he's kind of cartoonishly manly. He's really manly. Yeah, they're doing the oh, I'm gonna fight and challenges and step up and be a man. Yeah, he said uh, if you want a, a shot at this title. Come on in. Step up and be a man. Ask me like a man, eye to eye, yeah. face to face. He's almost, you got it. Almost too manly. He's almost kind of cheesy manly. A little bit. So, <laughs> Roderick Strong comes to the ring. Yeah. He's got a new Titan Tron. Oh, man. He's so nerdy. So, he comes in. He's And he still he says, after I defeat Bobby Roode tonight for disrespecting my family, uh-huh. then I'll be that man. That challenges you, so we step right up to Drew. Yeah. And Drew says, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You're the man. Challenge me. Step up. But are you going to be able to take getting hit like a man? Yeah. That's, like, <laughs> that's a terrible Drew. But it's just, like, it's, it's just a shade. Just a hair too much man. I don't know. He needs to dial back the man when a little you look bit. at Drew McIntyre, yeah. he is a man. Oh, he's the most man. He might be the most man of any man. Too much man. And, but then you look at Roderick Strong, and I'm like, you need to man up a little bit. You need more man. I think, I, I think it's just so more. Nerdy. Well, yeah, I mean. Here's the thing. Now, in, in the, the ring, thing. Roderick Strong is, is, oh, is, in is the r- man. Oh, dude, he is, he's one of those guys who I will always get geeked out for one of his matches. And, that's, and that can carry you a long, long yeah. way. A yeah. long, long way. Number one, and I don't think it's going to be concern. That long, though, because he's totally joining up with those Ring of Honor guys. That is plainly obvious. Yeah, they kind of made it seem like that might happen. And if and they did so, it was kind of on TV. But then did you see his backstage interview oh, afterwards? Oh, no, 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 He was laying it on thick where he's saying stuff like, after tonight. We'll get to it after we finish the show recap. All right. All right. talk about it. Um, but anyways, yeah, Roger Strong says, you know, I'm going to beat Bobby Roode tonight, and then I'm going to, uh, to take you uh, take your title. Yeah. Uh, next up, we had Ruby Wright and Peyton Royce. Ruby Wright's growing her hair out. She looks cooler. I noticed that, she too. She looks, like, really cool with yeah. her hair growing out like that. She seemed somewhat, like, distracted beginning the match because she kept on having to get the oh, hair out of her Oh, yeah, 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 like yeah. Like, she's still getting used to it. Yeah, it was a good look it for her. It felt like the, her hair grew a lot in a short amount of time. Right? Like a span of a month. Yeah, I know. It's kind of weird. But you know what it was? Like, that, that last match we saw her in, she had it up in, like, sort of... Oh, like, I know, I know. Like, I know. Elvis do. Yeah. Uh, rockabilly do, yeah. if you will. Um, she looked like a million bucks. Yeah. I, I love Ruby Wright. I think she's great. Yeah. Um, did you mention who she wrestled? Peyton Royce. Peyton Royce. Yeah, I love Peyton Royce. Yeah, I they're both she's fantastic. She's good. Um, this is actually a pretty fun match. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Billy Kay got involved towards the end. Dude, mm-hmm. that boot was. Yeah. She sold the Ruby Wright sold the crap out of it. Yeah, she went down hard. The, the entire crowd gasped. I know that was fantastic. Uh, Billy Kay pulls Ruby uh, out of the ring and gives her a giant boot to the face. Right, right. Great sell job. Um, Ruby gets put back in the ring. Peyton Royce hits the perfect plex for the win. Yeah, I love the perfect plex for one thing. Um, and uh, and yeah, it was good stuff. I can't so remember there, if there was any. Was there any stank after this? I don't think there was any stank. After not really. That. Just no. the the iconic duo we're celebrating. They're gonna keep going with this feud. I wouldn't be surprised if we see some sort of handicap match in the near future. Well, yeah. I mean, we had so Ruby Wright or or Ruby Wright finds herself a tag team partner. Ruby beat Billy Kay. Yeah. And then she took a loss against Peyton Royce because of Billy Kay. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of even Steven right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, either a handicap match or I mean, I could see. I could see Regal saying, hey, find a partner, and and Ruby Wright saying, I don't need a partner. I want them both. Exactly. You know, going that route. That would be great. Uh, speaking of William Regal. There's a lot of Regal in this episode. Oh, yeah. It's a very Regal-heavy episode. I'm not going to complain about that, though. Um, he's talking. He's giving an interview, and then Cassius Ono comes in, and he says uh, in his very he's, – he's, I mean, he's the most – relatable person just by the way he talks. I know. Like, he literally could just sit here with us and be... Well, so often when wrestlers know. give promos or even do anything um, when they're on camera that you can tell they're kind of putting on a voice. Yeah, sure. That's just... That literally just voice. seems like He him. just talks. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, he said, uh, you know, I got something on my mind. I really want to fight that a day with Tommy. <laughs> he says, uh, you know, just, just just make sure that whatever, you know, what happened last time doesn't happen again. Yeah. Do no disqualification. That'd be okay. That'd, That'd be, be cool. That good. William Regal says, and William Regal like seems legitimately just charmed by how real he is. He says, 
If you want it, you've got it. <laughs> and he has a big smile on his face. And then Cassius Ona seems like it's it's as if it's really happening. I know it's, it's really it's like they didn't they didn't rehearse no script. It's like one of the producers said, "I right, uh, William uh, Ono is going to come in during the segment." Yeah, and then they go to Ono and say, uh, "Chris, um, you're going to go in and ask for a no DQ match." Yeah, and then Chris. that just happened. Chris, they call him Chris. That was great. Yeah, no, that just happened. And it just happened. Yeah, exactly. No script. No script. Regal didn't even know he was going to ask for a DQ. Nope. He didn't know he was, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an improv class. Anyways, announced uh, Cassius Ono, Chris versus Adeo Atomic. Yes. Uh, no DQ. Next week's up. happening. Next week. Oh, yeah, that's going to be good. Uh, next up, we had Heavy Machinery versus, I'm glad you got their names here, Jobbers. They're just, they're Jobbers. Anyways, heavy machinery. They went over. Yeah. I, somebody asked. I'll get, I'm going to get to this question right now. All right. Somebody asked this. Where oh, the ceiling? Yeah, but I want to make sure that the whoever asked it got a proper shout out. Uh, yeah, they asked GD, man. No, I have it. I have it liked here. Oh, you do? Yeah. Um, Dom the Man Hilberg. Oh, hey, Dom, friendos. Okay. What's heavy machinery ceiling? They've already passed it. They have total, totally... I like some of the moves they do. Oh, Karen confirms here in chat. Ruby Riot's uh, hair is extensions. That's less, that's Apparently one got uh, ripped out. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was thinking that might be You know, I've, I've actually... Um, I've uh, put extensions in hair before. Oh, I thought you... Not your own, though. No, not my hair. I've never had extensions. That's what but, I thought you were uh, going to say at first. My wife and, uh, and one of the kids had extensions. Okay. And I did the thing, you lay the track in. Yeah. And then they yell at me because I don't know what I'm doing. Probably have no idea what you're doing. They asked me to do it and they yell at me. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I yell that all the time. Uh, let's see here. I like Heavy Machinery's finisher. No, okay, so here's the thing about Heavy Machinery. Here's the thing about... I think, I think Otis, at least, is somewhat charming. I would love for somebody to ask us to rebook, to repackage Heavy Machinery. Yeah, that's the problem. That is totally the problem because their tag team chemistry is excellent. Their moves in tandem are excellent. They are the best Haas tag team that has come across, I think, NXT in terms of what they do as a face tag. I mean, Authors of Pain do some really cool stuff. Yeah, in yeah, tandem yeah, too. yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't consider the Revival Hosses at all. But they have like an early 90s WCW oh, gimmick. Oh, dude, it's so dated. Yeah. They feel so dated, and I cannot take them seriously. I cannot take them seriously at all. And I don't know what the answer would be in terms of repackaging. I just think that a repackaging is necessary. I, and w it's surprising to me. It really, I mean, maybe maybe that is what creative in NXT was going for. You know what? We need a we need a 19 we need a tag team from WCW circa 1995. Throwback. We need a throwback tag team. I could see that. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there, especially sort of that NXT crowd who knows their history. I could see that maybe they want to appeal to mm -hmm. that in that mm -hmm. respect instead of, you know, oh, we're going to do something a bit more cynical and edgy and, and modern and stuff, like, you know, put them in a bunch of leather, like, you know, freaking sanity or yeah, yeah, up yeah, clothes yeah. and stuff. I totally get because those guys, they both come off as, as very sort of, I don't know, bubbly personalities. Yeah. I just, dude, it just doesn't do anything for me. They're just a little too on the nose with their outfits and the music. If they call them heavy machinery, mm -hmm. but weren't so literal. Yeah. I mean, what? Are they going to come out with a jackhammer next time? You know? Are they, they going to roll into WrestleMania on a, on, a, on a bulldozer? I mean, there's a part of me who thinks that... I mean, because I'd actually laugh. That, that would that. actually... Here's, here's what you do. Okay. So you don't repackage them. You just go full board. Yeah, go all the way with it. Video packages in 4-3... Yeah. Okay. So not like sixteen nine four three hard hats. Yeah, with like old, like an old video camera. Yeah. Hard hats, jackhammers, smiling at the camera with thumbs up. Yeah. And then like little like mini movies. Yeah. That are like cheesy as crap. I guess that's what you do. Yeah. Make it. You, here's how you. Here's how you do it. Remember those great Brady Bunch movies they did. Yeah. Like with uh, Gary Cole. Yeah. And 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 all them. Do it kind of like that. Like, they're kind of out of place. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, like, you know, they bring in actual people for, like, the mini-movies who are, like, so thoroughly confused. Yeah. Maybe you go that route. I don't know. It'd be something different. It'd be something different. Yeah, they're coming in on the... I like the coming in on, the, with, on construction vehicles. Yeah, it'd be great. Be, I don't know if it'd be great. <laughs> well, that'd be awesome. They rolled up to... The, <laughs> in WrestleMania in a bulldozer? How yeah. Awesome, remember how awesome it was when Rusev rolled in with a tank? Yeah. 
Great. Bulldozer. Yeah. Cement mixer. A crane. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, after that, uh, Regal and Lars Sullivan are in Regal's office. Regal says, all right, we're done with this tag team stuff <laughs> with you. We're done with this. Yeah. Next week, you're going to have a three-on-one handicap. That's match. rough. That is rough punishment yeah, right there. Regal is sending a guy but out to face three guys. Lars Sullivan seemed totally cool with they're it. They're going to be tiny Orlando jobbers from the local scene there. Might be uh, Skyler and Hollis. Skyler, Hollis, and then that dude with like the lion. Oh, he was, he's a local guy. He's a local where here? Yeah, here. yeah, that's right, right? Yeah, didn't he like? He was a, like a Supreme Pro Wrestling. Wasn't yeah, he? yeah, I think yeah. he just had a match for the title. Oh no, they should bring out. See, Skyler and Hollis are too good. I want that one guy. How about this? All the guys that uh, Lars has trashed. Oh, yeah, that's good. Those guys. See, all three of them combined. That's a good idea. can take them on. Um, Lars Sullivan, for his part, had a smile on his face when he was leaving. He just likes to, like, destroy people yeah. and things. I'm surprised Regal didn't say one of them is going to be No Way Jose because you totally trashed him. In the, I know. He was trying to do his, like, uh, conga line thing. And you beat him up. And you beat him up. Which took us finally to our main event. I love before commercial they showed, they did the split screen thing with Rude and uh, Roderick Strong, like walking, and it just looks like they're walking down like a classroom hallway. At any moment, I expect a class to get out. Probably. But he just start populating the shots. <laughs> kind of interesting how they, so I'm not a huge fan of like the lame duck NXT feud yeah. thing, blow off match. Kind of interesting how they did this though. So they gave Bobby, Bobby came down as NXT Bobby, yeah. by the way. And they mentioned his move to SmackDown. Right. I got, but it was, you know, it was Moro with his weird voiceover yeah, yeah. mentioning it because I think at that point, no, I guess this taping did take place after that next SmackDown. Yeah, it was that two days later. Sense. It was two days later. So maybe it wasn't displaced voice Moro, but I know there was, there was a, there was at least one uh, Moro from his kitchen voiceover. Gotcha. That I heard. Um but the interesting thing about this, so the match was really great. We'll talk about yeah. the match in a second. But when the match ended, I noticed, because I watched it back this morning. I was looking for, like, stills for our thumbnail for today's episode. When Roderick won, they never cut back to Bobby. Yeah, that's right. They, there was zero. It was, it was the three count, and then you literally never see Bobby again. Sure. You hear the crowd saying, thank you, Bobby. Yeah. Um, but it's all reaction shots on Roderick. Drew comes out, Ring of Honor thing happens. We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. The match was fantastic. Yeah, it was. It was, it was another was. great match. I can watch Roderick Strong all day long, and I'll be honest, I can watch Bobby Roode wrestle. I know, this, this is a faster pace than most of mm-hmm. Roode's other matches. And, and, and they gave him 20 minutes. This was yeah, a 20-minute yeah. match. And Roderick Strong was just destroying Bobby Roode's back with all yeah. sorts of backbreaker varieties and then dropping knees to his face. Yeah. Um, Bobby Roode did a, uh, like a fireman carry into a stunner. Mm-hmm. He hasn't done that in NXT at all. Yeah. I mean, usually when Bobby Roode wrestles a match at NXT, it's a very methodical pace. He obviously has strategy. Yeah. And and he picks his opportunities to strike, and he does. Yeah. We haven't really seen a match like this from him in NXT. Right, 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 right. Um, maybe he's trying out a more face wrestling style. Could be. That he's going to bring the SmackDown. I don't know. Yeah. It was nice to see him, you know, go outside of what he normally does to introduce some more moves, wrestle a faster pace. Because mm-hmm. um, it was super entertaining. Yeah, but it was it was very much Roderick Strong's story. Yes, and this sort of like odd. I mean, it's on in one respect, I kind of appreciate it because it's a very NXT NXT. God, I always want to say NXT now. NXT specific thing, mm-hmm. how they bring in the lame duck guy, and then you know he's already made his debut, and yeah, he's yeah, coming yeah, in for yeah. this formality match. So I'm, I kind of appreciate it as kind of just part of the NXT universe, um, but it's just it's sort of bizarre to see. I mean, it's almost like you know you think back to guys like uh, Steamboat, Rick Rude, who used to flip flop a lot, and then you'd watch like their last you know match in WCW before they went back to WWF. And there's, like, no resolution, really, to yeah, whatever yeah, storyline yeah, 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 yeah. So it kind of reminds me of that, but I'm just stunned that they didn't, like, really give Bobby... A send-off. A send-off. Yeah, I know. You know? They never... It, that's so deliberate. They never cut back to I him. wonder if the reason they... I mean, yeah, you would think they went, might have cut back to him or something, but I guess I kind of understand why they didn't mm. have a proper send-off. Because Moving they, straight on into the They story. wanted to end the show with... Yeah. How they ended They're it. just continuing on the story he's done with. Just kind of kind of jarring a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, like I was saying, uh, they're focusing on Roderick. Drew's music hit. He comes out with his belt looking, oh, so manly. And he points and he's like, 
You got it. You got it. You, you got, got it, your pal. match, buddy. Oh, yeah, yeah, you got a man now, man. And then uh, out comes re-dishonored. He gets attacked by little people. <laughs> they look so small. I know. They look so small compared to Drew, man. Drew is massive. And I, dude, I love Adam Cole, baby. Oh, I oh, that was great earlier on. Yeah, this. yeah. When Drew's dropping his promo at the beginning, crowd gave no f when he said, he said, Bobby Fish. Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. Baby! The entire crowd did the baby. Oh, I was cracking up. I was way. That was great. Oh, man. Way to undercut like a dramatic promo. I know. People just want to hear Cole, baby! I'm still kind of surprised they didn't have uh, Adam Cole drop a promo. Um, well, they're doing the invasion thing. Oh, I know. You know. <laughs> okay, so let's pick that back up. So Drew gets attacked. He bends over so little Adam Cole can give him a DDT. <laughs> God, and uh, and they they're you know they're they're killing him and stuff. Regal comes out. Well, they start a couple of uh, security guards come out and they beat them up and then they start yeah. to leave. They hop off the ramp and go backstage. Then right. Regal comes out and starts right. uh, briskly walking Lumbering after them. after them. Yeah, and they're running away from him like he's the principal and they're three Spicolis. Yeah, yeah. And they're just they're saying this is our NXT now, this is our era. But they're running away from old man Regal. I know because he's about to light them up. Oh man, I don't know. I mean, I look. I think it's gonna be great. Uh, I I will guarantee you. I will guarantee you. Roderick Strong is going to get oh, that so belt. Tell, fill me in on that. Okay, uh, so interview. basically he was saying like a lot of it. I don't know. I don't remember verbatim, but he was saying especially after tonight, after what happened, I will guarantee I'm getting that belt. That's essentially what he said. And I took that to mean my buddy showed up tonight. They destroyed Drew. I have this in the bag. The only thing they can do with Roderick at this point is a heel turn. They cannot keep him face. And I understand that Adam Cole looked at that belt, but that's got to be a swerve of some sort. You know what I mean? I just can't imagine them having... Two alpha males. Yeah. No, I get you. I know. But I think there. I think that there is a distinct plan in place to resolve that somehow so that everybody looks good, everybody looks strong. And eventually that belt gets them Adam Cole. Because it doesn't... Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to fathom. I understand that they have Fish and O'Reilly there to help out Adam Cole. Adam Cole beating Drew McIntyre for the title right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So and it seems too soon. It honestly seems too soon. Oh, for Adam Cole to to, yeah. to do that. No, I I agree totally. Like I, six months at least. I absolutely agree. I mean, maybe there's going to be some sort of, you know, Adam Cole will find some justification for for handing Roddy the belt essentially. Maybe his idea is, is okay. Well, Drew is a massive man. Mm-hmm. I'll help Roddy get it. Yeah. Then swerve Roddy, which could be a down the line thing, or he could just take the 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 tact of, you know. He's the guy, but I'm the guy behind the guy, and that's good enough for me. Mm-hmm. I'm orchestrating all yeah, this yeah. stuff. He's the architect, exactly. Which, which in in that respect, means that he doesn't have to assert himself physically against giant man. Yeah, you know. And then eventually, we, you know, the the face tur- the face turns always work best after a heel turn. Yeah. And for Roderick Strong, I think that can help out a lot. Yeah. So I don't know. I I, I honestly think that there is a plan in place because it's NXT and they have plans. Um, but uh, but I don't know. We'll see. I thought it was. Another another entertaining episode of NXT. I freaking love NXT. It's, yeah, it's a fun show. It really is. Uh, let's answer some questions yeah. now. First from CM. You know, Patreon does a thing now. Like I, I know. roll over a name and they cover over a name and it gives them the person the information. Stats. Yeah. CM Punk finds it insulting. This is a great question. Says, all right, WWE has decided to hold a 32-man heavyweight classic tournament on the network. Who are eight guys that could realistically be in the tournament? His example is Jay Lethal and Michael Elgin. Who are the final two and who wins it all? A heavyweight classic tournament. I'm going to make a, a little uh, addendum to this. We're going to make it a super heavyweight tournament. Okay. Because Jay Lethal, I know he's technically a heavyweight, but he's no Michael Elgin. Yeah. You know, I want to see, and this doesn't necessarily have to be hosses. Yeah. I want to see super heavyweights. Okay. That's like three and plus. Three and... Three and up? Or yeah, two, no, it's like it's just high 250s. I don't oh. know if Elgin's not th- over 300 pounds. Mm. Because if you're saying 300 plus, that really limits the options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So we'll have... Uh, how, 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 how heavy do you think Drew is? I think he's 260-something. Okay, all right. But he's also 6'5". Yeah. Um, so okay, we'll, yeah. And, and Elgin's 
maybe 5'10". Mm-hmm. He's not that tall. Yeah. So we'll have Elgin. We'll have uh, Jeff Cobb. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. Um, Brian Cage. Yeah. Yeah. That's three. That's um, three. Another name, too, and I forgot it. I'm seeing a thing is the I'm going to look up some information. Uh, let's see here. I always go blank. Oh, uh, Donovan Dijak. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Apparently, he somehow got left off the PWI 500. Hmm. That's what somebody was saying. I didn't look at it to see if that was actually true. Keith Lee. Uh, Keith Lee. Oh, Karen has a good point here. Revival didn't get, didn't get a yeah, stand-off Yeah, a lot either. of people mentioned that a lot of people. Yeah. Keith Lee. How many is that? That's five. We have five. There's a rating ring on right now. Um, um, ooh, Sonata. Okay. I mean, he's in New Japan, but yeah. I mean, a lot of these guys have contracts. Oh, I know. Them no, from no. Coming over. Uh, well, for doing that, have Fale in it. Oh, Fale. Okay, take out Sonata Fale. I was going to say Ishii, but Fale's good. I don't think Ishii's over 240. Really? He's short. He walked by us. He's maybe 5'8". Yeah, but he's dense. I know. He's probably 5'8", 225 or 230. Not most. 5'8", 228, 230? 225 or 230. Uh, he's 5'7", 220. Well done. Well done. Um, how many is that? Five? Uh, six. Alex C. suggests uh, Hanson and Rowe. Yeah, toss War Machine in there. Yeah, that's good. All right, that's all good. Who wins? Uh, Michael Elgin. He is unbreakable, after all. It's too early for Keith Lee. Michael Elgin needs to... I'm going to say Jeff Cobb. Oh, I love Jeff Cobb. Who doesn't love Jeff Cobb? Jeff Cobb is phenomenal. Next question. Um, we already answered Dom, the man. Undisputed Magna TA champion Nathan Ragland. Can you guys see Lars Sullivan being NXT's Brock Lesnar? He's a beast. I'd love to see dominate. I, dominate. I'll, I'll say this. I can see him being NXT's Braun Strowman. Yes. But Brock Lesnar, there, there, there is never going to be another Brock Lesnar. Yeah, you need someone with the with the, the, the MMA pedigree. You need, that's like, yeah. That, that sense of legitimacy. Right, exactly. And that's yeah. such a rarity. Braun I'm not saying there's never going to be another one, I'm saying. Braun Strowman is, is probably more likely goal. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Michael Berry. He says, power tank. Pretty sure he means power rank. Love you, Michael Berry. Uh, who's most likely to be the next women's NXT champion? I'll give you two. Well, here, I'll do this. Number one, Ember Moon. Two, Kyrie Sane. Oh, okay. So you're going to go that way. Okay. All right. It's really 1A, 1B, though. Yeah, okay. All right. Three, Nikki Cross. Okay. Four. Four and five is going to be either Peyton Royce or Ruby Riot. Yeah. I would think. Yeah. You think, uh, I'm not going to spoil the Mae Young Classic stuff. Never mind. Because, like, you know, people who haven't kept yeah. up with spoilers. Yeah. So we're not going to talk about that right now. Yeah. Um, that guy asks, if you could permanently switch a superstar with, the, with their Southpaw persona, who would it be? Whoever played Sea Creature. Just so we know who played Sea Creature. Oh, yeah, right? Wait. We, oh, yeah. So we would just have to figure out who's missing. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, I would go... <laughs> I mean, it's Chet Cheddarfield. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's definitely Chet Cheddarfield. It's Chet Shitterfield. Oh, but I'd want to have Chet Shitterfield and the banker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have them both. Yeah, together, yeah. Disco Gumby has a question. Uh, and it's his first time question. He's been a patron for a long time. Uh, he says, in regards to rumors that the Mae Young Classic winner will be crowned NXT Women's Champion, do you think it's fair to the current NXT Women's Division for it to go down like that? Considering the winner of the tournament would become champion in a division full of women they've never had to face. Um, if that's the case, then no, it's absolutely not fair. That's why they shouldn't do it that yeah, way. Agreed. They should do an NXT women's tournament. Concurrent. Yeah. Well, it's kind of too late to do it concurrently. But yeah, have number one contender, or at least a four, like a fatal four-way. Yeah. Number one contender from NXT, whoever wins the tournament, they fight. Yeah. Whoever wins that is a new champion. There are, yes. still, there are still tapings to be had yes. um, before the next takeover. Have that match of the next takeover. Yes. And uh, have the NXT uh, women's tournament until then. They have to do that. It has to be the case. Chris Kimmel, do you think there's any chance that Roderick Strong join Adam I love Cole tournaments. and Reed Dragon? Me too. Tournaments are the best. Steve seems absolutely convinced of it. My only uh, hesitancy to agree with him is that the, the dual alphas. Two, two alpha males. Yeah. Too many alpha males. Marky Mark and the Bullet Bunch. What is the deal with Bobby Roode? 
He's one character on NXT, another <laughs> on the main roster. Is this WWE hoping we don't watch both or that we can't tell a difference? It's obvious that NXT Bobby is what everyone wants on the main roster. Why won't they give the character to us? We talked about it a lot. On I'm optimistic and you're pessimistic. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'll put it this way. I'm not as optimistic as you are pessimistic. Yes. <laughs> My pessimism is largely based on uh, history. So I'm and like, how they've handled. Yeah. Except for Carmella and Alexa Bliss. Mm-hmm. SmackDown particularly, I can't think of an NXT call-up they've handled really well. They've flirted with handling Mojo well. They've flirted yeah. with it, but in the end they haven't. No. They Ty flirted no. with... I'll say they flirted with handling Nakamura well, but not really. They've treated him like a star. They've yeah. presented him like a massive star, but, they've, but the, the they've tried. I think they've tried with the him. The programs he's been involved in have been not good. Yeah. And haven't done much to highlight what he's really good at doing. Yeah. Um, well, I, I don't understand, and I, I don't know if it's a Vince thing. I mean, Vince is, has the final word, man. But can he not wrap his head around, it's okay to have a heal with... Uh, with like. with um, with a package with packaging that people really pop for, it's okay to do that. I know. I mean, you're already flirting with characters that are I mean, shades Chris, of gray. Chris Jericho for half his career. I know. I know exactly. When he started doing the slow talking thing, it's not like they changed. You know, they, I don't think he ever actually changed his music, did he? Mm. I don't think he did, because that's just mark out music. I know. mean, the whole list of Jericho thing. He was, by the definition, a heel. Mm-hmm. People popped. Yeah. No, I it happens. It's fine. I know. It's, I don't know. He, I guess he just, in his mind, thinks there's more money in a face Bobby Roode right now. We disagree, but we're not running the business. Um, here's one last question here. Oh, you know what? You can. T- are we doing questions on? Oh no, we we do that stuff differently now. Yeah. Uh, Degeneration Lex Luger. He says Xander here. Do you think Vince is biased against guys who made their name somewhere else and prefers to push homegrown guys more? No. No. I think that might have been the case back when it was WCW guys coming in, yeah. like 15 years ago, 17 years ago. But, I mean, you know, you just look at, you know, I mean, elsewhere, look at AJ Styles made his name a million play. you know, most famously, TNA. TNA. Samoa Joe, you know, big TNA. push for him, TNA. Um, um, Finn Balor. In New Finn Japan. Balor, New Japan. I mean, you know, that's, if you want to consider any of them... WWE's biggest competition, you can, and they all got big pushes. Nakamura, you know, he's here's a good question. Same guy he was in New Japan. Marcus Mark. So I'm sure you guys are aware of Wrestler's Court, where people settle backstage beefs. Back in the day, the judge was Undertaker, Triple H, and JBL. Who do you think the judge is now? And what was Enzo's punishment? Apparently, Roman Reigns. Yeah, is that guy now? Yeah. But you know what? If, if it's a situation where his peers uh, put him in that position, I think that then, yeah, then, yeah, cool. That would ha- number one. That would because in my mind, when I was just pause right there, I was trying to put myself, and I'm not a freaking wrestler, but I was trying to put myself in that position where it's like a guy can command the respect of a locker room. And go out there and not be the best promo guy, mm-hmm. not necessarily be the best wrestling guy, mm-hmm. but evidently he's been able to command that kind of respect. I mean, when when Seth Rollins was like fiercely defensive of him when he got the wellness policy violation, yeah. and he said, "No, he is the locker room leader." Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, sometimes sometimes when I would think if a dude back there just has like. A presence about him. A presence and a leadership, and it's sort of a leadership confidence and an atmosphere of leadership. Yeah. Where he's not jacking around. Yeah. You know? Being a professional. Yeah, he's being a professional. I mean, um, Tracy McGrady, best player on uh, when he was with, you know, uh, with Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Bill Simmons had a great write-up on him where he says, during that run where they rattled off like 22 yeah, in yeah, a yeah. row... He wasn't the locker room leader, even though he was the, the best player. The yeah. best player. Yeah. It was, um, oh, what was the name? He was a king for a bit. Crap, I forget his name. But he was a role player. He yeah. was a supporting player. Yeah. It's really bugging me that I can't remember his name. Hilton, though. Um, I think I read that article, too. But uh, but it was absolutely fascinating that it's like it's not necessarily, it doesn't have to be your best player. That's like your locker room leader. 
It's a guy that everybody respects, you know, mm-hmm. and evidently that's Roman Reigns' message. You have to figure also if you can comport yourself with with confidence and and composure, yeah, in the face of um, going out there night after night and getting all the booze and all that crap on you and subject to every single dirt sheet out there and all the yokels like us, yep. you know, criticizing Roman Reigns at every turn, if you can still comport yourself with that kind of composure, then, you know, yeah, I, know. I would that, think that, that would, that of, would of, command of, of your tons of respect. Yeah. I'm trying to find out who it was now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, because gonna bite me on the way. Was it a, a Grantland? Uh, yeah, no, that's that's definitely the article. Okay, that's just long. Yeah, it is a really long one. Hold on, let me do. Good, do this. Uh, Google our. Oh, hold on, hold on. How about Rick Adelman. Uh, hold on, I just did a search for leader. Do uh, Chuck Hayes. Chuck, Chuck Hayes. Hayes. Thank you. That's right, Chuck Hayes. Former, yeah, King yeah. Chuck Hayes. Yeah. Fascinating stuff. That's cool. Oh, look, oh! now Chad is looking up. It says it had to be Shane Battier. It's Chuck Hayes. Chuck Hayes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, is that it? Is that our show for today? Yeah, that's it. All right. For lunch. Good. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Patrons, stick around. We'll hang out with you guys for a yeah. bit. Yeah. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.